Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress podcast by Blackbird Digital, where we're discussing what it means to be a design and development agency with people from all sides of the WordPress community. I'm Corey Hugert, lead developer at Blackbird, and in this episode, Megan Rose and I talk to John James Jacoby of Sandhills Development about what he's working on and how it can help us make better websites. He may need no introduction, but I'll let Megan attempt to list his many credentials in a few moments. John was great to talk to, and we have an extra long episode, jam-packed with a myriad of topics, ranging from Gutenberg versus page builders, getting started contributing, remote work on tiny screens and surgeons, uh, with a sprinkling of useful plugins John is working on, like Sugar Calendar, WP User Profiles, and Berlin DB. If you have any questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, go to blackbird.digital slash podcast, or send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as intheloop underscore WP. Enjoy the show. With us today is John James Jacoby, or as he's known online, JJJ, Triple J, or JTrip. He contributes to the core and meta teams on a regular basis, speaks at WordCamps, and is one of the leaders of the BuddyPress and BBPress teams, and as a huge fan of open source projects. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Super excited to, to actually talk to you, I think, for the first time in person-ish, kind of, ever. How weird. It's like one of those things where, where we've, we've definitely like, I've, I've, we've waved like at a WordCamp, like, hello, person I recognize, uh, and like follow each other on Twitter and interactive stuff, but never, never talked. So it's cool. So, so Megan does all of the like important work of actually like connecting with people and scheduling them for, for these interviews and, and, and all the rest of the logistics involved. So can, um, how did you hear about this podcast how did you connect up how are we talking to you following megan on twitter she tweeted out that uh there was a y'all y'all did the first show like last year and uh and then you know the world went upside down and uh said hey does anybody want to be on the show and you know i used to I used to be on the wordpress weekly with jeff for a while ago and I, I miss hanging out with people every once in a while and uh, and so uh, I wanted to be supportive and hang out. And if you're going to put the call out, I'm going to respond. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. <laughs> nice. So here we are. And like the one thing that I really liked, uh, which is maybe getting out of ourselves a little bit, but I liked that in the, like the application or in the, like, how do you want to be on the show? That one of the questions was like, who do you recommend should be on the show next? Uh, cause nobody asks that. Props to Megan for that one. <laughs> We're coming for you, all those recommended people. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked your response. I won't name drop or anything, but um, I wasn't already following the person that you put. So mm. that was really cool for me because there's just so many people to like pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they weren't in my list. So they are now. And that's exciting stuff to discover new people. I love how vague and like teasery we're being about this. It's it's great. Do you think that um do you think that that person would be surprised that you recommended them for this? Uh maybe. Like it, it's uh because there are like 
WordPress superstar celebrity type people. Like the one we're interviewing right now. <laughs> it's like sort of, it's sort of lame. And so like it, for the, for the, for the people that have, that have built an audience, the, the best thing for those people to do is to like lift up everyone else up. Just, just draw attention to everyone else around them. You know, it's someone I get to talk to a lot at work uh, and watch them do really, really cool work and grow and learn and kind of just take on harder and harder problems. And uh, I think they've got a cool story to tell. So, yeah. So since you kind of alluded to where you work, uh, do you want to share a little bit about Sandhills and maybe your path to get there? Sure. So, uh, so right now uh, I am leading the uh, development of a WordPress plugin called a sugar calendar and uh, work at Pippin Williamson's company, Sandhills Development. And so uh, I think Pippin probably does a better job of, of talking about Sandhills more than I do, but uh, we're, uh, I think, 25 or 26 people now. Uh, our headquarters is in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, and uh, that's where Pippin is from. We have uh, an arm of the company or a, a division of it that uh, is a brewery. So it, it, the, the idea with the word development isn't necessarily just software. We, uh, as a company, we uh, have invested in some, uh, some like preservation, uh, like some lots that uh, we intend to preserve instead of building on. Uh, it has some strategic investments in buildings and stuff that uh, for the brewery or for the business that uh, are related, but not really. Uh, and uh, separate enough where, uh, you know, I'm not pouring beer, right? Nobody wants me to be the bartender probably, but at the same time, we are welcome to participate uh, if we visit uh, the tap rooms. And so uh, it's kind of nice to have uh, a lot of stuff going on that isn't just code, you know? Uh, I guess my journey up until here has always sort of been in like smaller WordPress-ish shops, at least at the time. Um, I think 10up was less than 80 people when I was there. Uh, I was independent, built a bunch of plugins and had some clients for a while and uh, worked at Automatic for a while when it was less than 100 employees. And so um, I like the like smaller, scrappier sort of moving more quickly, getting stuff done sort of feel to things. And uh, I've known Pippin for a long time. And uh, I had, uh, he had, when he had asked me to, to join the team, it was, uh, we had kind of joked because uh, my wife, Carrie, is uh, our support director. And so she had started working at Sandhills before I did. And, uh, and so I, I joke that, you know, it helps to know people. Uh, I know, I know a little something about working with your wife. Oh, good. Is that hopefully a good thing? I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. it definitely is. <laughs> I've been I've been working side by side with her across two separate companies now for um, ten years. That's awesome. Oh, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. She got me basically into the last one, and then, well, I introduced her to this one. She got in on her own merits, of course, but <laughs> yeah. she was an awesome designer and illustrator so cool that's awesome um i what i heard correct me if i'm wrong is that you started um you started in wordpress kind of at a agency type of thing 
and moved towards product development for for WordPress. Is is that is that kind, right? Kind of. I think I I think I started like most people start where you like where you like you're like by yourself and you're like trying to figure out like how do I how do I make money doing this? How do I build a website? What do I, what am I supposed to do? Like it, clearly this thing will help me and clearly I can, I can help make it better or whatever, but like, how, how do you do that? And so, um, yes, I was, it was probably 2005 or six and, uh, and, uh, was building websites for people and trying to scrape in hundreds of dollars to do it. And, uh, and had found WordPress, uh, in like a, like the, like I came in the side door basically, because the only reason I was, had even found it is because I was trying to find a piece of open source software that ran on PHP because it was kind of what I knew at the time that would do like hierarchical categories, like sort of just infinitely, like I needed to categorize stuff. And so I had found BB press uh, in like the 0.7 or whatever days of like, kind of works and it's kind of starting to be a piece of software and uh and it was mostly uh sam bowers i think at the time was working on bb press and uh and was like well that's pretty cool but like it's not really a website software so like how do i do the rest of a website with it and then it was like oh there's this wordpress other this other that's other thing that's like kind of the same and it was just when I think categories and tags had been sort of merged in from from Drupal and uh, was like, oh, that's kind of exactly, that's kind of a better thing, actually. And so then it was like, oh, but it is not pretty. Like, I really don't like much about it, but I guess. And so uh, so that was sort of it. it was like, okay, well, there's IRC. So I can log into IRC and start like getting the the pulse of like, how active this project is. And, uh, and that was kind of when it was super early days of like, well, we can, we can improve this. Like you just patch it and like, Oh, holy crap. Thanks for a patch. Someone's helping. And, uh, and it all kind of went from there. And so like my, my background was definitely in building sites for like clients and customers. And like, I think anyone who's hopefully watching this and, and you all too is like, that is the most important part of all of this is like users using it like that. It is, it doesn't None of this works without, without that. Uh, but a lot of projects seem to get to that point, right. Where they, they're built and, and they solve, solve a problem and people start using it. And uh, the people, you know, uh, overseeing it or, or working on it aren't really focused on solving that problem anymore. They're not using it, you know, or, or having their own clients or whatever. You yeah. Like everything is glitchy and buggy and like broken. And it really bothers me when like something that's supposed to work that like, why is it not working? Like, come on. Like there's, there are, there's a dozen people that work on this piece of software. Like, why is it so broken? It just making it work well, I feel like is so much more rewarding than like sitting down and grinding out code for six months at a time. Like that's fun, but that's real selfish. It's like very self-serving to like just sit and code something forever. And like, did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? Did you ever watch that show? It's like not necessarily a great show, but it was a show. And uh, and it was, it was like, there's somebody said something or like they used to say it all the time in this show where like surgeons want to cut. 
and like it, it like it stuck with me because I feel like that that is, is like a terrible way to describe that like we, whatever it is that we are into we all just want to do it and so we will find reasons to do it even even if it's not the right ones so like we spend our lives like developing this hammer and we got to find those nails <laughs> exactly totally and and like it just seems very natural that like if what you want to do is design something that you will continue to iterate and chip away at it to, to, to its detriment but but you will feel real good about the work that you're doing even if you're not actually making it better for people and so it is it is sort of it's something that you have to we all have to sort of catch ourselves in is these like unhealthy uh uh process addiction habits that like we're getting paid to do it where it's our jobs to do it and and it, and it feels good and we people pat us on the back and like but is it really good is it really right is it is it the best that are we making this thing the best that it could be for our users and i really feel like most of the time we're probably not why do we choose to like put a bunch of effort into solving what I feel like ends up kind of being a lot of the wrong problems. Like mm. they could choose to be real critical about stuff like Gutenberg or WordPress core and some of the things where you're like, why are you all working on all these dumb little things that like aren't, they're not really improving what the people are complaining about or like what any of the issues that like, that are years old that I don't know. It just, uh, like we surgeons want to cut. So how, how do we, uh, uh, we're real comfortable. We, we have, we're, we're all working, our, our living our best lives and working in really nice jobs. How do we convince one another that like, maybe the work we're doing isn't, isn't the best work and that there's other stuff that we should, we got to pick up a shovel and do the hard stuff instead of just polishing the paint all the time, you know, like. I'm ready to hear all of your uh, Gutenberg hot takes now. <laughs> Lay them on us. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to hear yours because uh, <laughs> I, I, I fortunately mostly avoid it. Mm. Like, uh, like I, I use it on my blog uh, because I, it's important to write with it and see the experience that everyone else has with it. Uh, but the majority of like the WordPress plugins that I am involved with or that I spend most of my time on are not about publishing posts. They're almost all something else. And so like, and Gutenberg's like, everything it's trying to do is so unique to itself that, and like a lot of the stuff, hot takes, here we go. Like it just ends up so not the experience that I'm looking for in like writing that uh it's not for me i don't think like it's i'm i'm totally a like a classic editor i just want to write if i'm gonna write and like all the other stuff like i i support the hard work and and the people and all the things like i don't want to come across as just like a, like a pure hater of all of that <laughs> i really don't but i i keep, every time we talk about gutenberg so far i keep having to put the caveat in front like we like it we swear we like it um <laughs> you know it, you know and there's so much potential there um especially for the kind of work we do but also so much more work involved in making it work with the kind of projects we're involved in we're doing custom 
website design work. Um, we're not we're not pulling you know pre-made whether they're someone else's themes or themes that have, we have built and just selling them. We, mm -hmm. Every new site is unique, and we have to try to parse you know what we've designed um, or someone else's designed that they want us to build. Right. Like how does this fit with the block editor? Or, or maybe it doesn't, or, you know. Right. And like every block is like a mini app, right? Like you, 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 you have to rethink and, and reinvent all of the UI yeah. and all the styling and all the, the restful APIs and all the things like you really. This is one of the things that I really want to see improve in the, just the, the Gutenberg code base is you know, more mod, more modularity. And, and, and obviously it's kind of, it's kind of built on that, that premise that it's modular, but once you start trying to do anything just slightly more advanced and you find out that, oh, this, this particular panel that you want to lower, you know, however that UI works, mm -hmm. I want to use that somewhere else in one of my custom blocks. No, it's just, it's just built right in. There's no abstraction of that, that I can grab and pull in. I mean, there, there, there are, there are a lot of useful parts that you can pull mm -hmm. but oftentimes i just want to make sure that the experience is similar to the core experience mm -hmm. and i exactly. i want to pull together stuff that already exists so that it's not totally different right exactly those are the sorts of problems i'm running into now obviously i think as it matures those things will improve i hope well, that's my hope there's like there's like there's a github issue somewhere right we, like if there's show notes we should probably link to it i don't know what it is but like someone I've never met who I don't think I've talked to like has a really cool proof of concept of like here's all the buttons and the icons and like basically here's your UI toolkit uh, but what a massive amount of work massive amount of work for like who knows if people are going to use it like you're I, you, 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 they probably will but you don't know I will use it if you're going to do this work I will use it I know I, I totally will too <laughs> Hundred percent. Like uh, in in, the, in all the conversations I've had with like friends about like sort of like back channel like Gutenberg like oh kind of conversations. Like my example was always uh, like Apple Keynote. Their experience for editing Keynote on the web was amazing. It was like astonishing. Like it was like they took the app and put it on the web. Done. Like all the animations, all the like vectorizing dragging dropping just all the things like that's what i want gutenberg to be like i want to be able to just like plunk anything into it and like have it have it like feel right like i just want to be able to drag stuff where i think it needs to go and like have it snap where it needs to snap and have it attached to where it needs to attach and stuff and like you know like we want to build transitions between parts of a web page and like keynote has transitions and stuff in it between slides and elements and start like it I, that's all i want but like it, I, everyone tries to convince me that that isn't what we want or that gutenberg isn't supposed to be but like i feel like it is definitely what it like that's what our users want to like build a web page uh they don't care where it the it, i feel like the restriction of a block is like a it's like a natural to the web, but is like not natural to how we think about like users think about using or building a web page. 
Like we we get it's a convenient constraint because like divs are squares, you know, like it's not because it's right, it's just convenient. Like So what you're telling me, so what you're telling me is that you just you just want a text editor, but also you want a page builder. I want like the ultimate page builder. <laughs> like the I was yeah, I was gonna ask what do you, what do you think about page builders then? So I I like I know that people love to hate on page builders. Like I know that they're like an easy target. Um, but I think if, if you actually, they're all kind of awesome in their own way. Like they're, uh, was it like, I think Divi is like. Divi, Elementor. Yeah, like uh, Elementor. Nobody uses WP Baker anymore, do they? I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I'm trying to. I mean, there was one. It might, it might have been Elementor uh, that I I used, or I had to, I had to check out because uh, it had some conflict with Sugar Calendar, where like events are, were doing something weird. And I was like, okay, well, let's pull it, let's look at it, let's figure it out. And uh, and I was like, I get, I I get why they're like overwhelming and they're like too much and that like you there's they're just too they're just too easy to get stuck in or like for users or even like developers to kind of just get caught up in like oh, there's too much happening here uh, but they're all pretty cool like they all are like highly sophisticated web applications that are doing really cool stuff inside of wordpress um, and so it's, it's not surprising that they're popular because they, you can, it's like an instrument that you can just get good at. And so people that have spent a lot of time with them swear by them because they can just, sure. they can, they can cruise through a site and build cool stuff. Um, and something interesting now is that like, you, you, that, that, that gripe about like, it's, it doesn't look like WordPress. It takes it over. It's a completely different experience. Well, that's kind of what Gutenberg is now. So it is right. Exactly. Um, you know, pave, pave the, what pave the cow paths kind of thing, maybe mm -hmm. in the, there, mm -hmm. but I, you know, coming from an agency perspective, we have a very specific gripe with page builders. Um, so our website, blackbird.digital is is an elementor website we have used it in very specific circumstances for specific reasons and mostly those reasons are you know a, a client maybe we already have this client and they need something quickly and separate from what what we've already built for them custom or whatever um, maybe there's a uh you know a budget or or um, timeline concerns and we have people here, not necessarily developers, who can use this tool to create this full website experience, you know, relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the specific gripe we have with it is that um, it it absolutely does not fit most of our clients' use cases. They mm -hmm. they do want a custom designed website, but mostly they're coming to us, you know, yes for that front end experience that looks great, but also like. I want to be able to edit it <laughs> right and they're not the ones you know they're they're not gonna you know spend the the time and resources internally mm -hmm. to be able to do the same sort of thing that they're paying us to do exactly. so but yeah. we we started building uh, a new website back in 2018 
2018. So um, we started building a new new site and then we kind of decided, wait, we should probably do a rebrand because we were thinking about that. So we so we did a rebrand and we were ready at the beginning of 2019. And now we got to kind of go back to the drawing board in terms of development and, you know, other projects coming in, mm-hmm. uh, shoemaker's children kind mm-hmm. of kind of situation. But Elementor uh, helped, uh, you know, helped us offload that. Mm-hmm. to to somebody else while the developers were were really busy and it's still up it's still working for us for the most part we had to tweak totally. some things here and there but mm-hmm. if if elementor worked good great yeah, that's exactly the, that's what you should have done right like mm-hmm. it's uh but for for us it was the uh the marketing folks wanted just they wanted a way to be able to to edit and tweak and change stuff without requiring like Sean to have to engineer, build a whole, just invent a thing to like let the marketing team edit some content. It was like, Nope, it's easy. It's already, it's already done. And, uh, and again, it is, it is, it is the, the tooling is finally good enough, right? Like we trust these plugins enough where like, we know that we just don't want to build that ourselves anymore. So, all the talk about user interface uh, is making me think about your WP user profiles oh, plugin. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Good segue. It's a good segue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I just, I couldn't help but look at, uh, Corey's, Corey's got notes in here about um, <laughs> about how un-user un- friendly um, the user edit screen is and how he kind of didn't realize how unfriendly it was until he was looking at your work here so (laughs) i guess my my main question there is 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 there anything that that this plugin adds to that screen or is it all about organizing contextualizing stuff so so by default it does not add anything else it is just taking all of the existing wordpress stuff and then like kind of forking it and then putting it into Metabox is just putting it into logical WordPress admin groups. Um, underneath it all, right, because it is a plugin, it is one of my plugins, does all sorts of crazy stuff uh, to like make it work or like to uh, to add things to it or like I have add-ons for it that are all free that are like not really... You know, like I'm marketing has never really been my thing. So I probably did a terrible job of like hooking all these things up together. But like, uh, now's your chance. Now is the chance, right? Uh, so there is a WP user avatars plugin. And there's one that's like super popular. It has like 100,000 installs. And I think mine has 10 or something. Uh, but like, if you install those two plugins, like they work completely fine independently of one another. But if you just happen to have them active at the same time, they both kind of go like, oh, hello. And then they mm-hmm. integrate really well with one another. So there is WP user groups is another one. User activity is another one. Uh, and so like they, they work fine on their own, but if you install them together, then they find they find a tab and they, they register their meta boxes and they hook themselves up all where they're supposed to go. Um, and part of it was like, I was trying to build my own sort of Slack with WordPress that was like a dumb startup idea that failed a long time ago. Uh, but like there's potential there 
And, uh, and so I was really trying to build like all these atomic little plugins and pieces to, to improve the, the, your account area. Like WordPress is just so long in the tooth. It's like one long, ultra long page. And then there's like one action at the bottom of it that like every plugin has to hook into and dump their garbage at the bottom of that page. And, uh, and I was like, you know, this, one of the things we always wanted to do with BuddyPress was like, have it be like full integrated into WP admin. Like I, it's, it's all theme side and stuff right now, but man, like the real vision of BuddyPress is to like, is like put Slack in your WP admin and like let all of your users like talk to one another within WP admin. That was like the ultimate BuddyPress goal that we just never, never came to be. And, um, and so definitely see application for WordCamps for that. Yeah, mm. definitely. Totally. Yeah. Because getting getting people in Slack is difficult if they're not tech savvy. Yep. Like if you were if you already had the account and you're already gonna be there and you've got groups and memberships and invitations and email and like you can you can just let activity streams just skin it like a chat instead of activity and you've got everything you need. Uh it really was the goal. That was but like profiles on wordpress.org never really super took off and it never got a lot of attention and then like and it was sort of everyone was afraid to really socialize wordpress.org too much like to, to gamify it and it's it has pros and cons still we all knew that that was kind of going to happen but uh and so it never got a lot of attention like rightfully so i think but there's opportunity there to really make that kind of awesome still uh, yeah. the um the badge system the endless arguments and disagreements about the badge system i know i know <laughs> and like every once in a while i get a i get a ping from someone that's like hey i i want to get a, a bb press badge and it's like i want you to get it too but i i, I want you to I want you to contribute to get the badge mm -hmm. like i want you like uh, just <laughs> i know you want the badge but i want you to earn, earn it, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I'm sure it's interesting being in the meta team because this is all the type of stuff you talk about in there, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. And like meta, uh, meta is uh, is an interesting WordPress.org team because it is sort of the dumping ground for a lot of stuff. And um, it sort of covers the forums and it covers track and it covers profiles and everything, which is good because they all sort of are intertwined. Um, but it is, it is like a needs-based team. Like most of the other ones are where like, if it ain't broke, we are not thinking about it. And, uh, if something needs attention or broke, then that is kind of what we're looking at. So, uh, so meta, meta is, uh, is like the best team that, that doesn't get enough attention. Uh, and but like I, I understand why people are like hesitant to really focus too much on it because we are sort of heavily dependent or increasingly more dependent on tools like GitHub and Slack or whatever. So like how much emphasis do you really put on like we're moving away from track a lot of the times. We're moving away from stuff. And so at some point the pendulum will come and it'll swing back where we'll wanna we'll frust we'll be frustrated with all that stuff and we'll wanna own our own tooling and stuff again. But for now everyone's sort of moving away from it and then it'll, it'll come back, I think. But, uh, but for now, uh, I end up spending a little bit of time on 
on BB Press just because the forums are still so heavily active. So BB Press is like the the project that like always gets a lot of usage. Like there is thousands of posts and topics happening on WordPress all across WordPress.org in like 52 different languages or something. And uh, so that that's the thing that like is like the small changes, right? Like we can't revamp the whole the whole way that something is themed or looks or feels because it's going to impact 11 million users or whatever on wordpress.org so like it is the thing that like incremental little little changes um but it is like the the frustrating part about software development right it's like people want to see like dramatic feature releases and what's your new thing and is bb press dead and like i think it's completely fine for something to be like feature complete mm -hmm. and like like it 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 doesn't really need to do much more. And if it, if it does, it's because the, the forums on wordpress.org or other people's forums of like, we really think that this is a thing, this is a feature that forums all of a sudden need. Uh, so um, when are you going to release the stories? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to see that in my profile. <laughs> Get rid of the badges uh, and just replace them with that. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, though, it would probably be amazing. I don't. It probably would. It would probably. Mm -hmm. It'd be the only one I use. Right. Fair enough. Truly, right? Like it would probably be awesome if we could all just like put a WordPress snippet up on Word on your, and just like here's I'm at a WordCamp. Meow meow. Bye. Whatever. Like done. Like it would probably be the most fun, the dumbest, most fun thing. It probably would be great. I do think that BuddyPress definitely needs like emoji reactions though. Like I know that like Gary Pendergrass tried doing some stuff like that with comments and stuff, but like we all are just used to like, I don't have anything to say, but like, yeah, okay, exclamation point mm -hmm. emoji, like, you know, whatever. Like I Thumbs think up. that, yeah, like that is everywhere and it's not going away and it is convenient and there is a place for it. Uh, and so that is like a buddy press component that really truly should exist that doesn't. Um, but it's so UI heavy. Like it's, it is just a UI block, right. That like needs to work everywhere in activity, messages, groups, whatever, like, uh, but that's, that's like, but we're, we like missed the boat on that by three years. So do we work <laughs> on it now or do we leave it? Uh, I don't know. It is totally. That, that that is going to be uh, a, a trend uh, like for the rest of our lives building WordPress based websites and software is just like like uh, I mean it's not it's it's like super depressing when I say because I've said it before and I don't like saying it but like how often do you go to the library now you know like I used to uh, live there as a kid man. I did too all the time but like uh, eventually. Uh, our kids, younger generations are not going to use the, a website to read the way that we did and do. Like it's, they're going to use it for the app that it is powers. They're going to use it for watching video or listening to music or it's something more engaging or interactive. Uh, the future is APIs and not websites. Well, and like, Remember, people used to present. say APIs were forever, and then in like 
call well bull crap on that right like yeah, it's not ever this like well we we're, we're abandoning our api uh, uh like it's like the like the, it, it just is so uh there's there's like wordpress and the web and the internet will be around forever like but like we will be lucky like it i, I there was a very long tail to it right um but i our our younger generations are they're completely disinterested in doing what their parents do so that's, that's always been true right though, exactly like, right yeah. and so that's <laughs> if they're just not gonna they're not gonna want to do it even if it's awesome and even if it's amazing they're just not gonna want to do it they're gonna want to play video games they're gonna want to continue to play awesome video games and like discord and uh twitch have they're like they have everything they have everything that they need they get to chat they get to have emojis they've got they handle transactions they've got like this, like people are making money like <laughs> it's uh you get to save all of your activity if you want to like they are amazing pieces of software that are like engaging and inviting and rewarding and uh and potentially um unhealthy <laughs> totally 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 <laughs> maybe not potentially just flat out sometimes definitely totally totally are but like the everyone thought we were gonna have pac-man fever or whatever right like we're fine so i'm curious are you going to i i think it's tomorrow they give wp 100k celebration they're doing a they're doing like a online event but it's like video game style it is like video game style. How dope is that? <laughs> it looks <laughs> it's awesome. So amazing. <laughs> I'm this hyped because we've seen yes. like events just go kind of crazy, like especially lately, just mm-hmm. really turning events on their head. So I'm I'm interested in checking that out. So so being the the queen of segways, uh, Sugar Calendar happens to be a partner for that event. Oh, nice. For that. So. Yeah, it's just so. Dang, Megan uh, pulls it off again. Full, full, definitely is uh, incredible, incredible segues. The Give WP folks are like dear friends, right? So uh, they're doing something incredibly cool. And uh, yeah, so Sugar Calendar is, uh, I think we're giving away some licenses and, you know, however we can participate and help. Uh, but pretty cool thing. I forget what they're using though, or like what the, there's like a name for the, platform or whether there's like something to it and i don't remember what it um, is but gather.town or or i guess it's just called gather i guess it's a great what a great super like it's uh animal uh, not animal crossing uh stardew, De- looks, stardew yeah. valley that that was what Star- yeah. <laughs> i love stardew yep, yep, very stardew is awesome and i'm uh, we, can, we don't have to talk about wordpress i mean we can uh but you know it's uh we will and we won't you know uh, go where the conversation takes us but i i, I kind of wanted to get back to sugar calendar because i did have a prepared question for you Ooh, good, good. <laughs> nothing too nothing too in depth here but uh okay so i i've generally taken two approaches with like client projects that come in that requires some kind of calendar mm-hmm. functionality so generally speaking uh if they need something extremely simple sometimes i'll just roll my own with some sort of events post type um, but I, I do keep like this sort of ongoing uh, uh, gist or, or going back to, 
to all projects because there's some complicated filters, you know, like handle uh, post order kind of stuff, right? Or uh, use uh, a certain big big name calendar plugin, which I often find too complicated and bloated for 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 most of the sites that we work on. So where does sugar calendar fall on that kind of spectrum? I mean, obviously I'm not going to have to roll my own events right. custom post up if I install it, but right. um, it sort of falls in the, almost in the middle and closer, closer to the roll your own really is it is, uh, is sort of a theme with, with the plugins that I like to build is they're, they're intentionally simple. And, uh, and so the sugar calendar is intentionally simple but kind of under the hood powerful and cool and awesome and so like if you if you if you haven't installed it and played with it i obviously right been biased and people should and check it out right it's pretty awesome um but like the calendar view in wp admin uses the regular uh wp list table class like so it's responsive and we get like columns and rows and stuff for free and so, but we just, but we sort of dynamically draw a month or a day or a week in a list table and let you paginate through it. So we kind of take over all of the little things of a list table, but still, still native, right? So uh, we didn't pull in like a third-party calendar library and anything like that. Like it, the calendar experience in WordPress admin is like, it's, it's, it's a legit calendar, but it's also still legit WordPress. Is Does it at all concern you that, the um the wp list class in core wordpress it's not really right it's not really like a public class if that makes sense like right. like the sort of the, it sort of comes with the asterisk like this could change at any mm-hmm. time not that it has for however many years it's uh it there are a lot of like private apis in wordpress private. that's what i was looking that, for yeah. that that like it, that are, in my opinion, they are a bad idea. Like that, if it's going to be in WordPress, it has to be public. Like it, it has to be. Someone's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Everybody uses. And, and so, list so if if part of your, uh, are like your plan for building this feature is that it needs to be private, is an instant fail or like rethink like you need to go back to the drawing board and find a way for this to be complete enough where it is public because if it's private it, it you're i think it's a bug uh, you're shifting the right blame away. back yeah. onto the people that choose to use it and like well you it's your fault you voided the warranty or whatever like we told you this might happen but like that's such a cop-out like it's been in wordpress and it's market private all you want people are gonna use it so Mm -hmm. the it it doesn't it doesn't worry me that because nothing has changed with it and i think that there are so many the only thing that should happen is the sort of privatization of it should just it should just become a public thing so so yes it was it was worrisome to build a calendar with sugar calendar with this like private list table api and there was even like a super hacky instance where I just had to like overwrite the WP list table global. It's like, I can't get in there early enough to like, to, to replace it. So I just, just overwrite it. It was very hacky and it shouldn't be necessary. 
but it's it's on our own admin screen. It's on our it's isolated to our own display, and so we're not really it's not really hurting anything. It's just it's just like fragile code yeah. that we are choosing to support because WordPress makes it that way. This kind of gets back to like, wouldn't it be great if there was a set of UI, you know, tools mm-hmm. for for admin? Because I, you know, that that would be super handy for for from an agency perspective. Like, we we need to like throw in, you know, some settings page or whatever for some specific functionality. And like, if we're not using you know advanced custom fields for that purpose or or whatever, like, I just I just want to be able to almost like bootstrap style just throw in buttons exactly. tables whatever and i every time i got to go and reference the other admin screens and like inspect them to see mm-hmm. like if they're using any classes that i can use but mostly it's they're, they're really tightly coupled and mm-hmm. i just have to like yeah and replicate like it, them and it, that's our jobs right like our jobs is to know all the nitty-gritty details and all the stuff that's going on so that customers and users don't have to think about it like we just deliver them this really good experience whatever else but it's when those classes change or like mm-hmm. when like the color schemes changed in WordPress 5.7. Now we're like, they're all different. And so like calendar styling or button styling that you have in your own things that you've built for customers, the blue doesn't match it anymore. Right. Yep. Now it's now it's not right. <laughs> we went out of our way to make it match. And yep. now it doesn't. And now it doesn't. It's like and like and it and it's and it's only gonna be that way for 5.7 because the CSS for 5.8 is gonna move to using CSS variables. And so now you're gonna have styling that's for users that are on 5.6 and earlier, users that are on 5.7, and then user, the CSS that's for people that are on 5.8 and above. And like, I get that like you want to iterate and you want to be atomic and you want to do these things like one thing at a time. But on the, on the back end of it, like we just now, instead of supporting one set of color scheme code, we're supporting three. Mm-hmm. But like, it, and everyone, it's like, I guess it's the right thing. And I'm not trying to like, bash the people that are working on it because the, the people are doing good work and they are very good people but it 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 is it is more problems uh for us to to support and like eventually we just get encumbered by like everyone else's decisions and the impact that you know comes uh onto us like through no fault of our own we are doing twice the work or more uh, just to try and you know file off all the sharp edges that uh, so that users don't hurt themselves. So Berlin DB, I um, it's a lot to look at. That's yeah, kind of a little like over my head. Um, like what problem was trying to be solved with that? And can you give a little little background on what it actually is? Sure. So. Uh, Berlin DB didn't have a name originally, and so it it, it kind of it acquired its name from a, a, a talk that I gave at WordCamp Europe. It just happened to be in Berlin when I was like, built this thing and don't know don't know what to call it, and uh, and it it sort of came from years of work of like improving WordPress cores, WP query class, and then uh, eventually with WP user query, WP term query, WP comment query, all these like mega query classes got built into WordPress and specifically with 
multi-site, WP site query and WP network query were like the two most recent ones. And they were all so similar. And when we were uh, doing all of the custom database tables in BuddyPress, of which there are many, uh, we kind of followed the same pattern of like, well, we'll copy a WP query type experience and then we'll make it a little bit different to fit BuddyPress friends or groups or activity or whatever else. And so over the course of years, we've built dozens of little query type classes uh, and it's really annoying to like have to do it over and over and over again. And so like taking the, a lot of the work that had gone into or like the thinking or the familiarity of like registering a custom post type or registering a custom taxonomy, like we should be able to just like pass in an array of what we want our columns and things to be and just like let WordPress give us a table. And then if we want to change that thing that like we should just know what the difference is and make a database table sort of figure itself out. Uh, but you can, you register your own sort of shape for a custom database table. So you decide whatever the columns and things it is that you want. Uh, they're all sort of very WordPress-y where like a comment status and a post status and a user status are all sort of like the same thing. Like a post type is kind of the same as a comment type. Like they're all the same attributes to them. And so there are some familiar patterns in Berlin that are like, the world might think they're weird, but WordPress people are super used to them. And then uh, and just packages it up so that plugins can, and maybe someday BuddyPress or WordPress core itself can decide to like have a, a better database experience than just like MySQL queries and these weird bespoke query classes. Uh, so we use it in Sugar Calendar for a custom database table that stores uh, the events, like the start date, the end date, some of the recurring information. And we went that route uh, because we didn't want events to just be a post type, like we wanted for like the sort of long term vision would be that you could have multiple post types. So you could have a reminders post type, or you could have a note post type that would all use a similar like they all have a start date, they all have an author, they all have similar stuff, but like the WordPress publish date and post modified date, like they're not, they're not enough. And so we didn't want to, and because they're calendar based, you do a lot of sorting and like filtering and, and querying by those date values that we wanted to have a custom table that would be fast instead of it just being in post meta. Uh, and so we used Berlin for sugar calendar for that custom database table. And then uh, the next version of Easy Digital Downloads also uses ProLineDB. And so its custom database tables uh, all use sort of all the central query classes and stuff that comes with Berlin. And Restrict Content Pro moved to using it also. Um, w or Search WP uses Berlin now. And there are a couple others people that have been like, hey, we use it and it's really awesome. That's cool. So like, it's interesting because it's like a project for the projects. So yeah. whenever uh, you come across a need like that at Sandhills, like what is a process to kind of get the buy-in of the rest of the dev team? Like, do, do you all kind of intermingle on, on all of the projects there? And how did, how does something like this just like come about and get adopted inside the company? So originally there was a lot more intermingling. 
like before we had now now we have actual teams like there's affiliate wp team sugar calendar as a team uh easy digital downloads payout service uh they're they're like people that work on them and so there's a little bit less intermingling now than there used to be uh, but before and so like three years ago i think kind of when i started it it was a little bit less structured and so it was kind of easier to go like all of these things need this so let's put some energy towards it it was kind of a it was kind of a, a more obvious conversation there uh, but yeah for us it's just a casual conversation of like identify a problem it looks like it's across all of our some of our properties how does everybody feel that this is going to fit in our ecosystem or not uh and it is kind of rolling with it right benefit of being in a small company i i'm also yeah. a small company person so i totally get it awesome it's nice because you get to like shape more of the direction too like your mm -hmm. your say has a little more sway in it than if you were at corporate or not, not a yep. corporate person <laughs> I agree. Me neither. I tried to be, but it was like not, not my, not my thing. Yeah. So uh, with the last crazy year and this year uh, being in quarantine, mm. have you had a big impact to your work? Because you guys are distributed, right? Correct. So have have you had any big changes because of it, or not? Like most people have, right? So yeah. it's uh, uh, we have we have been very lucky um and like the only thing that we missed out on was like last year's all company like all hands meet up like we didn't have one we just did that virtual uh i usually work from the couch or from a chair or a dining room table or something and float around so you you don't do the separation of your like personal space and your workspace you you work at the couch I, and then you watch tv sometimes yes oh, that is totally you're like breaking all the remote rules <laughs> I am totally, I totally am. But like, uh, I, I'm weird, I guess, in that <laughs> way, because working from home is supposed to mean like you, you take it, like it's, that is the environment that you're in. And so like working from home, if you work in a call center, or you're chatting with people, like you have hours, you have, your company expects you to be there nine to five. It's a different kind of work from home than like art. You know, like if you're an if you're an artist and did like music or code or something that like you sort of you're working on a, a bunch of different ideas and things all at the same time. And sometimes inspiration happens on the couch and sometimes it happens wherever. And uh, like I, it's, it's the world's worst habit. I know it like that, like floating around and working from bed or whatever else are like very bad, unhealthy, ungood habits. But I'm totally guilty of doing it every single day. I don't. Every day. I don't have that very... that separation. I do my my WordCamp stuff at my desk. I do my work stuff at my desk, and I sit and read <laughs> at my desk and work on my personal site. Like it all just happens right here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And like I don't. I get the. I get to if I sit at a desk, like I need. I need the like hyper focus of like a small screen. And like one window that I'm working at, because otherwise, if I have like Slack or email open or anything else that's open, then I'm no longer working. And I'm like, I'm, I'm talking and I'm and in a conversation. I want to give people like my undivided attention. And then I'm like not coding 
anymore. I'm just like enjoying the conversation and then, then work is, doesn't happen. So I need to like, I need like 11 inch MacBook air with a tiny screen that fits one thing on it and it close everything else. Oh my gosh. And then I'll, and then I'll just meander around and just work on the one thing that I'm looking at. Cause I feel Otherwise, like that, that sentiment would make so many people mad. <laughs> I know. I just I saw know. a tweet this morning that was like, have some self-respect, get yourself a monitor. It's like, what? <laughs> and so I, I, I tried that. Like everyone tried it. I feel like I, I had a, I, I tried having a desk. I tried having like a, a, a Mac that was like on my desk with monitors and like displays and like, all I did was like get everything set up and like do a little bit of work and then like leave my office and go get a coffee and then like have a conversation and then like never sit at my desk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I switched, I switched jobs and I started here in October. Yep. And so now being, yep. being from home, I had, we had office space before and it was, it was weird. Cause I did this like weird downsize because we, we had moved buildings and I, um, I forwent my office so that we could have a conference room for my team, mm-hmm. like right within our team's office area. And that was like really cool. So I had to like go from office size to like, you know, an L shape or, or whatever. And then now from home and I'm at this desk that's like less than 40 inches wide. <laughs> so it's been refreshing. And I went from having like two monitors and, and the screen to like just the one monitor in the screen. I, I could see how downsizing would be like the the way to go. It's a little more zen. It is. It, I. It is for me at least. Uh, but it it is like it. Everybody's jobs are, and their requirements are so different that like you you so you just you can't like you if you're especially if you're a designer you oh, need yeah you need a big screen and like if you are working closely with a team of a bunch of people and you've got lots of stakeholders and you have to have conversations with people all the time then like whole slack is up slack, and, yeah <laughs> yep uh but like where like sand hills's type of work works for me pretty well because i can just kind of say like you know if you need me ping me but otherwise i'm muting muting slack for a while and i'm going to focus on a thing or you know i've still got github open and so there's still notifications that happen there and still chug through work and ideas and, and build stuff but um but for me yeah I gotta uh, focus on one thing that's interesting um I'm curious like when you were first getting started and um if you could think back to then because I know it was a long time ago but um for like the average developer where do you recommend they like keep updated i know on the uh contributor handbook they mentioned the fire hose and just following the fire hose and just like right. knowing every single thing that's wrong uh but obviously that would be really intimidating and overwhelming right. um what would you recommend for someone that's either trying to keep up on the the news with core or things that are coming up or if they're actually looking to contribute it is harder now because WordCamps made it easier. I feel like before, like you could go to an event and like meet a person and be like, this is cool and you're cool. And so help me. Right. And so that's gone basically. Um, I Slack tends to be like where you can lurk and kind of get a good feel for what's happening, but it's, there's 150 Slack channels. And so how do you pick a thing? So 
my recommendation for for people that are trying to figure it out is to find a, something that bothers them, like a bug or a thing that they don't like, and then just find where that fits. Like if it's a button that doesn't, or a hover state or a menu or a, something that's just funky and like figure out what the sort of, I think it's called components now, right? So is it a customizer? Is it a user? Is it menus? Is it Gutenberg? Like what's, where is it? And then kind of figure out like from there, how you, how that team needs you to fix or help or patch or document or do whatever the thing is. Because from there, I think it's sort of, you sort of, you learn the fundamentals of how to contribute and like who the people are and how to, what their, what the schedules are and what their expectations are. And does it need screenshots? Does it need a patch? Does it need docs? Is it how to, like who's responsible for it? Who's the person who's going to give you feedback on your patch? Like it's just so much more complicated now than it was before. And there's like a thousand people doing it at any given time. And so you're kind of just like walking into a busy party and you don't know anyone. How do you say like, hello, I'm John. Like nobody, everyone's busy. You, nobody cares about you walking into the room. Picturing that party yeah. meme where it's got the guy in the corner. <laughs> That's me. That's me most of the time. It's just like, <laughs> so like, I, I get it. I'm trying to remember what it was for, but I found in, in the course of, developing either a client site or maybe it was my own um something that bugged me i think it is related to page hierarchy and draft pages mm, i know exactly and, what you're talking about yeah and being able to actually parent draft pages and all that sort of stuff and it's just just the, the functionality just doesn't exist um and so, you know, me as this person, like, well, that's obvious. It should work. Uh, and I go and, of course, I find the, the, a ticket that, that kind of talks about this and, and read, you know, years and years of, of people's opinions and maybe a couple attempts here and there, mm -hmm. all pre-Gutenberg, by the way. So there's an entirely different system in Gutenberg for, you know, the, um, you know programming that the UI stuff around this. So it's just completely divorced from that. It's completely divorced from uh, age old um, filters that were, that used to be used to solve this Correct. particular problem. Yep. Bespokely, of course, but yeah. So I, um, I, I, I took a stab at it. I forked or well, I, yeah, I forked the, the repo. I, I did some work. I did pull, pulled in some stuff the way I thought maybe it should be done in Gutenberg that kind of, um, inherited from how it used to be done in PHP. So I had an actual, you know, JavaScript filter. There aren't very many no. filters in the Gutenberg code base, but they exist. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why aren't these being used? I'm, I'm a WordPress developer. I want to use filter hooks and mm -hmm. stuff. So, but anyways, uh, long story short, I, I tried to make a change and then I tried to bring it up to speed with, you know, with whatever the latest WordPress, you know, the repository and then, I, I did it wrong and it just like, you know, at, you, you, you ask certain people for review or whatever. Uh -huh. And once I accidentally did whatever I did wrong to like get my repository up to date, it just pulled in like everybody <laughs> and asked them. It must've just sent them all. My, I mean, they're probably used to it by now. It probably happens a lot. Sure. I just, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like a four digit ticket number. Like that's, I think the WordPress is at like 50 or 60,000 tickets now. So like, this is a very, this is like a, 
what 10 or 12 year old bug in, on track that you that you're talking about and like yeah. it's a it's a it is an oddly complicated but a very wordpress problem frankly mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. that like what to do with a a hierarchy of different statuses uh yeah it's like because taxonomies categories don't have statuses you never have that problem there and like with comments what do you do i mean could you tell me right now what happens if you delete a comment and it has child comments to it what wordpress does right like how often i can tell you what i would assume but but like (laughs) how often do you do you do you experience that it's like a it's like a situation where like oh i I deleted this comment and 30 other comments disappeared but like no i think it just retrieves them like it just goes and just moves them it doesn't delete them someone has to make that decision and with post statuses and hierarchical pages no one has made that decision ever it never has come up they and want it to go away <laughs> truly right like the the post statuses are another one of those apis that are incomplete they do not really cover what they should cover and a lot of it is very bespoke and bolted on certain the decision making that is not built into it um it's a minor miracle that we ever got custom post statuses and taxonomies the way that wordpress did frankly like the cleanup efforts of wordpress 3.0 and the work that went into taking all the stuff from media links posts and pages and combining it all into one was like it's pretty cool but like post statuses was just like well what do we have to do to like make it go and then everyone's been afraid to to touch it since yeah Yeah. Yeah. so um you know so so that experience while you know eye-opening for me um i know some of the mistakes that i made along the way but do you have any advice specifically for people like me working at an agency working with wordpress Mm -hmm. we we want to give back in some way and and we run into these little issues all the time where like somebody needs to fix that maybe it'll be me i don't know um anything i should have done differently <laughs> so no i don't think so uh because there's there isn't any there's no there's no other option right like and and frankly wordpress and open source you know in in general in the world right should be more inviting and like a lot these are minor failures or screw-ups right like there's no harm is done by accidentally notifying a hundred people or whatever. Like who cares? But they've all muted me now. So I'll never be able to talk to them ever again. <laughs> and, but like, if know. it's, if it's a serious enough of a thing, like if it's a, if it's something that is like legitimately inhibiting your progress for years at a time, like this post status bug with hierarchical pages, which is like a very real problem uh, like the only thing that works is being noisy on the thing like is drawing attention to it it is the only thing people respond to is like someone poking at it again you just wake the dragon and like, oh, there it's coming it comes back in your inbox You're like someone's working on this again it's the only thing that you can do is just keep working on it and like continue to screw it up until you get it right and like the with varying levels of uh, response and success uh, like the the uh like my original story like i have a very similar story to yours uh one of the original sites that i was building for a client was a multilingual site and i had used the q translate plugin back in the day to like uh to 
to make it work. And, uh, and I discovered or concluded that the way that the locales were loaded in WordPress, like the current language for the site was loaded, like completely out of order in wp-settings.php, like relative to where it really should be in order to get everything like incorrectly, which meant that like the current user was loaded too late because you couldn't get a per user language set up because WordPress would make the decision like all in the wrong order. And so this was easily like 2007 or eight where I was like, this is a problem. Like this is multilingual WordPress will never work. And everyone was like, no, it has to be this way for these reasons, X, Y, Z. And I was like, well, I understand what you're saying, but I, I know that this is incorrect. Like I've spent days studying this and like, and that was all before, like, I'm not going to put an issue on track until I'm like, definitely know that I'm confidently discovered something that is like actually a flaw uh, because like it's a waste. It's that's sort of the waste of time that you're afraid of is like, I made this issue and someone just closed it. Like, LOL, someone already <laughs> fixed this or that's, this is a known issue or it's not a known issue. And you're like, I feel so stupid. Right. So like you end up spending like more and more time trying to feel like, oh, I want to get this right. Uh, but the problem with that approach is that you sort of have a solution before you can help everyone get up to speed with what the problem even is. And that is a problem that I have myself like all the time. Whereas like I go very deep into like solving the problem without really having identified or like put into words like what the actual bug is. And so mm. I think that there is a lot of value in sort of creating an issue earlier than maybe normal mm -hmm. and risking like someone closing it and being like, that's nah, okay. Or this is a dupe or whatever else. Like that's better than being so familiar with and educated about a bug that you've, you sort of come into it with a preconceived notion of what the fix should be uh, because no one else can catch up to you and you are too familiar with it to co communicate clearly how you got there, drawing attention to it earlier. And then, uh, in, in a comment or a month later with a patch, you're like coming back to it and being like, okay, I've reconsidered this or I have a fresh perspective or here's another iteration on a patch or whatever else uh, is sort of the, the way we forge WordPress into like a better piece of software instead of just like shoving it into place. But stuff like the post status thing or with pages is like, is like far overdue for someone yeah, to he, make a but, decision but here's the other thing like with 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 the paradigms kind of shifting with gutenberg taking over there there are there are certain other things that come to mind like problems i used to have all the time that i even started building my own plugin for that i intended to release at some point but um uh just to give you another example um you know for for posts you can assign them to an, a page you know a page for for posts that functionality doesn't exist for custom post types. Mm -hmm. uh, and we run into all the time as, as agencies, at least with the old way we used to build sites before Gutenberg, is that, you know, um, the client would want to be able to change the header image and the title or whatever of the archive mm -hmm. of, of some custom post type. And you either have to make some weird settings page or have an actual page with that information on it. Now, I, I'm probably going to eat just entirely abandoned this because you know now with gutenberg like 
you pull in the query block or whatever, and you have a, an archive page, even if it's not the official archive page or whatever, like there's other right. ways of pulling stuff into pages. So I don't know that, that, that the post status thing might be the same, might have the same kind of thing or like these filters, these PHP filters, they don't matter anymore. Just make a new panel in, in the Gutenberg sidebar or whatever, like, you are right. And that is what people are moving towards. That is what everyone with Word and WordPress is moving towards. Is that like none of it matters. Nothing means nothing, right? Like the Macho Man Randy Savage meme. But like <laughs> it 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 URLs matter and they are a core part of WordPress. Like you cannot you cannot divorce the two, frankly. Like it, without without really truly abandoning everything that is built into WordPress and kind of makes it work well. Uh, and there's some, there's some stupid John magic and BB press to like, let you put a short code for a forum or a topic like into any page you want yeah. to. And it, and it like pagination works and everything. Like it's actually pretty cool, but like, what a dumb, what a dumb <laughs> thing. Like who's really going to do that? And it turns out a lot of people actually did it <laughs> like because they wanted to customize their forums or their, their archive, or their, they wanted to have separate archives for stuff. Uh, and so it, it was worth doing, but it was a hacky bunch of dumb code that's in there to, to make it work. And that's like pre Gutenberg where like it, it really matters a lot. And you have to try and like overwrite WordPress's default behavior that like, Nope, this really is, an archive or it's not uh it it's gonna fall apart eventually like what what is it what does it really mean to have a custom post type archive on a page that doesn't match the permalinks or the structure for that archive post type so now, you to be fair my plugin handled those sorts of things and actually did up the the you know the permalinks but you know that's weird because now you have the same permalinks for different correct data, so. correct and like <laughs> and then like plug in like you still have pagination you still have singles single pages that are part of your archives you have the more tag you have uh uh like endpoint masks for like rss and feeds and stuff that like still should work in theory and like plugins can add their own endpoint masks and so you have to still be able to support like whatever it is that some other third-party plugin is trying to pull off with endpoint masks and like do you care that much or do you just want to solve this one problem in this one way and move on and i think like most people don't aren't going to try and dig in and make sure that it like works with all these other plugins but i feel mm -hmm. like we do sort of have a responsibility if you're releasing public code that like you, you've made of a promise to like all users that that it's going to work with all these all these things like if uh, if it's not translatable, you haven't used the WordPress translation functions is just as big of a problem as if you're writing something that messes around with archive pages and doesn't actually work correctly with WordPress's permalink structure. Like they're they're both problems. Like the so ultimately what ended up happening with the translations bug thing that I found was like Dominic when he was working on user languages and getting GlatPress turned into a a better plugin and getting translations that WordPress.org up and running better. Uh, was he found what I found. He knew, he found exactly what it was that I was talking about. And I was like, man, like if I could look through the IRC logs from like, you know, if I cared enough to try and go all the way back to like search them, there will be a conversation with me and, and Matt and Peter Westwood and somebody else like talking about how this is uh this is a problem, but it didn't, 
no, it didn't really bother anyone really until like 10 years later. And so that's the beauty of open source is that we can all band together to put some energy towards a problem and solve the problem and, and kind of move on from it. So and make everyone's lives better because of that. Right. Hopefully. If you had to give an estimate, how many track tickets do you have memorized? <laughs> oh, uh, so I, I used to have more memorized than I do now. Uh, and, it, and Andy Nason was the catalyst for me for getting all of them because he was like the genius who came in and like and ingested the WordPress fire hose and memorized every track ticket number and everything. And I was like, oh, I can never compete with you. Like, I can never be that good. And so I am going to give up trying. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to do flashcards or something. Right. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember any issues. Other, I, I only remember, like, approximate ages. Like, I can remember back around, like, where some stuff, like, the era. But, like, there are some that are key that I've, like, that I've studied and looked at that are old enough, but some of the, all the, anything past that, I don't remember the number anymore. I just see it pop into my inbox and I'm like, Oh, there's that again. Um, and like the one that, uh, that uh, for the admin color schemes is four, nine, 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 nine. Like it, the only reason I remember it is because it's so close to 50. And then uh, because I, I had to look it up and comment on it. Cause I was like, Oh, this broke a bunch of my stuff. It's like, if I'm going to remember stuff, I don't want it to be that. <laughs> yeah. Rather prioritize yeah. other things. Uh -huh. uh, do, do you consider yourself a WordPress historian? At, at this point, I feel like uh, I am one version of it, right? Like there, there is like an official, so like there is an official history of WordPress, right? Like somewhere on the, the WordPress.org. Uh, I do, I do have a version of WordPress history, I guess, right? Unique perspectives on some things from sort of seeing the insides of early WordPress.com days and everything else. But uh, at some point though, like, like the modern history, I am not as good at. Like all of the Gutenberg stuff is, is the history, like recent history. I have no very little contextual awareness for because i'm not building it also just such a separate project in and right. of itself but right. it's it's taking over just one piece at a time mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of terrified of the full site editor thing i, I gotta get up to speed with that because i don't think i'm prepared <laughs> i don't i know that i'm not i definitely not prepared for it either so i think uh, the only other thing I'm curious about is, uh, I know you talk a lot about the future of WordPress, talk about the history of WordPress, and kind of cover the whole uh, mm -hmm. process there. But what are you currently most excited about with the future of WordPress? What I, every, every year, the thing that excites me about WordPress is just seeing people blog again. Like having having people tweet, or like get attention for just like writing. Cause like that's all the things that we do, like building super sophisticated apps and like building websites for clients and customers. Like that's all important work and it's all like big projects and, and big dollars. And like, it's good, it's important. It's all necessary. It's what like holds the ecosystem up completely. Uh, 
but like watching like someone move to WordPress that wasn't using it before, or like whitehouse.gov using WordPress is like for essentially blogging, right? Like posting news of that is, is reminds me of like WordPress's roots and like the simpler, simpler days and times. And so, and like stuff like that, like gets me excited about the future of WordPress that like people are just using it to write and like share what they're working on. Because uh, like BuddyPress, WooCommerce, complicated plugins, doing cool stuff is like, it's all fun and it's really exciting and everyone's building really neat, cool stuff. Uh, but the simpler blogging uh, is my is my favorite thing that people do with WordPress. And so what about you? What is, uh, what is mm. exciting for you about the, the future of so all things WordPress? I guess like personally, like I'm excited because um, we had the five, six all women release uh, and non-binary Super people, awesome. and that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think seeing the number of contributors like increase so like so rapidly in the last few years has been really exciting. So that kind of like gives me hope and gets me jazzed up about potentially contributing at some point. Um, But I am also really excited about the full site editing. I'm really nervous about it, but I'm, I'm excited about it because, um, you know, like occasionally I work with like nonprofits and do some site stuff for them for free. And I just know that it's going to be a lot easier for them to manage once you pass it over and, and with Mm -hmm. other clients that, have an eye for design, but definitely cannot figure out all the clunky UI elements and potentially, I don't even know if they'll be able to really understand blocks. Right. I, I think anything that'll help people visually build a site is um, is really exciting for me with all those like small businesses. Yeah, the, the like all, the all female release and the, all of those, the, anything that like, is more inclusive and inviting and opening to getting more people involved is really like a super smart, very important move for the future of like the world, <laughs> let alone yeah. WordPress. So I'm happy that you mentioned that because that is that is exciting. That is a very good thing. Yeah, yeah, I've been following it really closely, and you know, know a hand pe- handful of people that were involved. So yeah, that's been on my radar ever since like the first announcements and like following all the drama around it and everything. So Mm -hmm. I'm just happy we're to this point now. Me too. That's all for this episode. Join us next time for an interview with David Wolfpaw of Fix Up Fox and a discussion about WordPress maintenance and why he switched to doing it full time. Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show. And don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built, or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to In The Loop. See you next time. Thank you.